Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mom of the Hard Kid. Today, we're going to be talking about some personal things that are going on in mine and my little lady's life right now. So every once in a while, I just dump what's going on, and then I rant a bunch. So just as a heads up, this is going to be kind of ranty, unintentionally so, and yet obviously a little intentionally because I know it before I even get started. But what's happening right now is my daughter's kindergarten teacher just sent me an email. Now, this was the nicest worded email. She's very kind. She tries really hard. But my frustration comes with the email because I feel like I have done everything I possibly can And I feel like nobody believed me for a really long time. (laughs) So I'm like, I think I'm at the point where I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I told you, like I told you, I tried so hard to tell you. And the back of my mind is telling me, hey, you know that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you told them, you know, they can't know until they experience it. And I think, I know I fight with myself in my head all the time. So know that I'm I'm going to tell you all this while I'm still fighting in my head about how I should feel about this. So she wrote this letter and it's a nice letter, like I said, and it talks about all the things that my daughter does and how that frustrates the teacher. And, and she ends the email by saying, I'd really like to understand her better. Can you explain what works for you? And I find myself with a weird dichotomy in my brain where I think, I know she's very hard, but if you'd have met her two years ago, you would be celebrating that you did not have that two years ago kid in your class. You'd be celebrating that you have the current kid in your class because two years ago, she's sending kids, you know, to get stitches and she's busting thousands of dollars of equipment. She has come a long way But the teacher doesn't know that. The teacher's only had her in class for three months now. And almost a full month of that, she wasn't even actually in school because of holidays and vacations and illnesses. So she's had her for about two months, which, I mean, that's about the time where she starts wearing off. But she's an incredibly hyper child. So when you have trauma ADHD, it has, I mean, there's such a disconnect of what's going on that it it is quite crazy. They live in the here and the now. There's a lot of impulsivity. It is really hard to get them to connect consequences. I just put up the other day a podcast on the open letter from Carrie McGinn. I did that on purpose ahead of this because I'm going to be referencing that letter a lot or things that come up in that letter because I love that letter. It is my favorite. It talks about, you know, teaching a child who has reactive attachment disorder. And I know some of you, your kids don't have reactive attachment disorder, but it is also a really good letter to look through and to kind of say, I'm going to compose a letter. It's very basic. It's, it's just not directed. It's not emotional. It's not directed towards anybody. And it's just going to be basic outlined information to give to the teacher if they need it. And there are some things that the teachers can wrap their heads around. They can wrap their heads around ADHD. There's a lot of kids with ADHD, but sometimes you have that kid with like 
very severe ADHD. And so sometimes, you know, crafting a letter, just putting the information down, here's my suggestions, that can be really beneficial to a teacher. I gave this letter, (laughs) one of my favorite letters, to the school about a year ago. So that was several months before school actually started because our school does registration very early. It does it before the year turns over to the year that they're going to be going. So I went to the school and I said to them, hey, can you handle these types of behaviors? Here's this booklet that I made. It has all of these types of behaviors. Here's this. And they're like, absolutely. But of course, as is inevitable, you have that disconnect between, okay, I went and talked to the the social, I don't know what, I'm going to say special needs. There's the word, the special needs lady. And I have the assistant principal, but I'm not talking to the teacher because I don't know which teacher she's going to have. So, so they don't give her any of this information. She doesn't have the booklet. She doesn't have the letter. She doesn't have any of this stuff. So before school starts, I send her an email. She never gets back to me. I go to parent teacher day. I talk to her. She kind of gives me this pat on the head and I can see her because I've seen this so many times, this look where I can see her starting to label me as that crazy mom, the helicopter parent, the one who thinks her kid is like totally, you know, the most important thing in the whole world and every issue needs to be addressed. We all know those moms and I can see that I'm getting the label of that mom. And I think I've, I have mentally gymnastics myself through this so many times that I'm like, I have been the helicopter mom. I can assure you this has, this whole scenario has damaged me mentally. I know that there are some weird effects from this, but I am coming to you warning you about my child's behavior. I'm not saying, hey, I need you to do this and I need you to do this. I need you to to do this. I'm coming to you and I'm saying, hey, watch out for this. Know that this is a thing. Hey, hey, be careful of this. (laughs) It doesn't matter. I still now have this gigantic label on my forehead of being the crazy mom. This is what happened when I went to the school district and got my child evaluated by professionals who have no idea what reactive attachment disorder actually looks like. They don't even know the diagnosis of disinhibited social engagement exists. And so they're slapping my forehead with a sticker that says the crazy mom, right? So I end up having communications with this teacher very, very rarely. I will email her and I'll be like, how's she doing? Nothing. Because, and I only email her on the days where my daughter comes home and she's crying and I'm like, what happened? And she's like, I was so bad today. And I'm like, okay. You know, so I, I check in with the teacher because I know that this teacher is having a harder day because of this really hard child. Now I like this really hard child. I want this really difficult child to succeed in life. I want her to have everything she possibly can. But I know that this teacher is going to have a hard school year because a large part of my child. And so I'm reaching out and I'm trying to be there for her. And 
it did hit a point where I'm like, there's nothing I can do. Like I'm now giving myself the label of crazy mom. If I keep reaching out to this teacher and it wasn't like terribly often, it was probably, I don't know, maybe four times. Um, so I, I'm like, Hey, if she thinks she can do it, she can do it. So I meet her up at parent teacher conference, tell in, you know, she's, desperately talking to me with desperation about my child's behaviors. And I'm just nodding because I just think, I know, like I, I told you about these behaviors, know that I know these behaviors because she tends to think that I, I don't get it. (laughs) And I think lady, she is different at school than she is at home. I assure you, you still don't get it, but that's for another time. Anyway, so So she sends me this email over Thanksgiving break and it's very politely worded, but my frustration comes with the fact that I've constantly checked in and I get crickets back. So I'm not getting any information and I've gone into volunteer. I've done what I can. And so she speaks this frustration. And so I said, Hey, I'm willing to come in. I'm willing to show you what I do. But then it clicked in my head where I'm like, oh my gosh, she doesn't know that my kid was terrible. She doesn't know that. Oh my goodness. You know? So so then I'm like, I don't know what to do because I have that different standard where I'm like, oh, this is this is her being okay. This is manageable behavior. Like you should have seen her. And so I, I find myself like having to come up with this brand new plan to talk to the teacher tomorrow. So what I did is I told myself, I had to remind myself the one of my first rules that I have is that nobody never assume that, that somebody knows what your kid is like. Never assume, even if they are a professional, that they have any clue what reactive attachment disorder is. Never, ever assume. You just say, hey, here's my child's behaviors and never assume that somebody else is going to fill them in. So never assume that the assistant principal that you talk to for an hour is going to go in and help the teacher understand. Never assume that. Go in like you're going in for a job interview about teaching somebody about this situation every single time you meet a new caregiver in your child's life. So the second rule that I have is I need to know more about my child than anybody else. So because I am the mom, by default, I know more about my child than anyone else. And because I didn't end up having success putting her any other place, like in daycare or anything, um, there was nobody who knew her better than me. If she was in daycare, I would, of course, give that daycare provider a little bit of understanding, knowing that they might understand my child pretty well. But these people don't know your kid better than you, especially if your child has the bigger behaviors at home. And and to not feel uncomfortable with that, to just be like, Put yourself in a place of knowledge. Put yourself in a place of understanding because if you can educate yourself, then you can educate other people about your child and you can understand why they're doing the stuff they do, which is also really handy. So the rule number three I have for myself is that I can use as many buzzwords as I want. 
these people are not going to understand. I can throw the word trauma around like it means something to them. It doesn't mean anything to them. So to just give the facts, to just give the behaviors, to just explain why, to just take emotions out of it, take buzzwords out of it, keep it simple so that when these behaviors start happening, it can just be like little light bulbs going on above your teacher's head and be like, oh, this is what they were talking about. (laughs) And rule number four that I have is that I am responsible for my own child. That's my child. I know that there are a lot of parents who shove their kids off to school and are like, ha ha, but I'm not that parent. I am the parent that's like, I know that I am responsible for raising this child to adulthood. And I am using this school as an accessory, that's not the right word, as a resource in part of my raising my child to adulthood, right? So I don't want to burn any bridges. I don't want to have difficult relationships with any of the schools or any of the things because there are times, and if you look at the support pages for the parents, they will they will let you know that your kid can indeed get fully kicked out of school. Because <laughs> I think a lot of people are like, no, they won't. They won't. No, they for sure can. Especially now that they have um, a lot of online programs that are through the school district. Your child can most definitely get kicked out into your home and do those programs at home And then you have nobody else. You're not going to get anybody else's help. So that bleeds into rule number five, where it's be polite. You never know if you're going to need whatever bridge. So I know you have your mama bear, your papa bear inside saying, you did this wrong. You're going to have this. And you want to just fight because you're also at your wits end. I know you want to. Don't. Just keep it simple. Keep it factual. If they're trying to hurt your feelings because they're burnt out, just put yourself in a place that says, I know what it's like when I'm burnt out and I'm emotional and put them in that category because you don't want the label of the crazy parent, but you also want to present yourself in a way where you're like, I understand the situation and I understand how serious it is. And, and just the best thing you can do for yourself, for your child, for the school is to present yourself as best you can without terrible emotion. So now though, I do have to also think about what I am going to tell this teacher, because it's all fine and good when I'm saying, you know, I'm going to stay calm, but I'm like, I have to tell her something. I, and, and I want to tell her she's come a long way. This is really good. This is, this is really impressive, but I, she's not going to be able to relate to that. So one of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to refer back to that letter, the open letter that I talked about by Carrie McGinn. And I'm going to print out another copy of that. And I am going to print out another copy of the brochure I made about my daughter's specific Uh, symptoms and things that are beneficial for her. And I'm going to give that to the teacher again. And I'm going to, again, present myself as available sometimes to come in and help. 
I also am really looking into getting an IEP that allows me to keep her home on days when I can tell she's so dysregulated because she's been sick a lot this year already. So her absentee days are kind of piling up. I want to be able to say, I know she's going to have a terrible day. I'm just going to keep her home. It's kindergarten. (laughs) I think it's going to be okay. You actually don't have to go to kindergarten. So I'm really hoping they'll let me do this. Um, and I will be asking for that. I should probably email them today, but I just really hope to be able to get the teacher on my side as a team, because she's obviously feeling fractured by my child's behavior. And I want to reinforce to her that I understand this and I want to, um, let her know that I'm on her team about this. And I talked about this just a hair in the previous podcast about about the letter, but I'm going to reference this again because I have this dear friend who is a teacher and I referenced in the previous podcast about how she talks about the hard kids in her class and how that was just like a gigantic shift for me where, you know, you, you, try to distance yourself from the impact your child has on other people. Just naturally, you're just like, I don't want to know. I I just, <laughs> I'm just holding my breath and hoping we make it through this day, right? And it was really difficult to know that there are teachers out there who are genuinely feeling all the feelings about the bad kids in class. And in this particular scenario, Um, there was a naughty kid in class and they did an evaluation and they agreed that they were naughty and there are no services for behavior. There are, according to the school, where they have like calm down corner and stuff like that, which would be really beneficial for my daughter. But, But nobody really knows what to do when it comes to behavior. And so when the children were placed in another place, I can't tell you how many times my friend talked about how happy she was that this kid isn't there anymore. And as the mom of the hard kid, that was that was really hard to hear. Like it's I know that she doesn't understand that she's making me feel that way. I don't hold it against her. But it's really hard to hear. It's probably hard for her to hear if I say anything about my daughter's teacher, which I don't know if I do. I think I told her about the email, but again, the email was nicely worded. But I really think you're treading on bubbles in some of these situations. And it hurts. It hurts your feelings. It's, it's really hard to be the mom of the hard kid. It's hard to know that that you're the reason someone's having a bad day or because you sent your child to school or that your child isn't thriving and none of the kids enjoy your child's company because your child is very intense. And so they get very offended. And then that because of her various (laughs) diagnoses and symptoms just steamrolls down an incredibly steep hill to depression. And it's just exhausting and I think I've tried everything I can do to get ahead of this and I can't get ahead of it. It just keeps coming and keeps coming. So 
I guess the only thing I can do is to keep trying to build up this child when she gets home to try and create an environment where she can learn all the things she needs so that she can be a productive adult in the future. I don't know if she's going to be, but I'm going to present every opportunity I can here because there's, I feel like there's nothing else I can do. And maybe I could go and just be an assistant in the classroom all day, but (laughs) somehow I think that would do more harm than good because then she would fall into all of her behaviors with me, which are worse than with just her teacher. (sighs) I don't know. I spend a lot of time thinking about this, but really, this is kind of a downer today, kind of a depressive moment where everything feels a little bit helpless for a while. But I've been here before and I know that I'll make it through and I know I've been lower than this before. So I know that there's an out, but I don't know, just kind of a bad depressing day, but I'm going to put together those materials. I'm going to have a talk with the teacher and hopefully we'll be able to come up with something that doesn't ruin everybody's day. Sorry, this is kind of a downer. I try to be a little bit positive. (laughs) Ah. Anyway, let's wish us all luck today. I hope you guys have a great day.